Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 117. You can keep your tie, I prefer my bow. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Selena as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about yourself today, Alex? I'm doing good. Uh, we're today talking about one of my favorite instruments that I know nothing about, so you know, I'm a little excited. I'm sure you're going to teach me all about it, and you're going to answer my dumb questions like, Alex, no, that's a stupid question, but I'll give you a good answer. Yeah, there's <laughs> never a stupid question, but I got you. No stupid questions, just stupid people like me, right? Is that the, is that the saying? <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, let's move on from that. Uh, so yes, today we're going to be talking about violins. But before we do that, who is Selena? My name is Selena. I am 24 years old. I'm a Virgo. I was born when I was raised in Atlanta, Georgia, and I have my bachelor's in music performance. And I'm also I'm currently studying to get my master's in marriage and family therapy. So uh, it's pretty much I have to be on my best behavior and watch what I say and I do do music myself, but I feel like you're just going to school me, pun intended, on uh, on that <laughs> lesson. <laughs> I'm sure people are super curious now, but, you know, I got to put them on hold for just half a second. Where can people find you online, whether it's social media, websites, or even projects you're working on, things that people can come show some support and love? Um, my Twitter is Selena J, and the, it's spelled S-E-L-I-N-A-A-J. My Instagram is selena.jsmith. It's spelled S-E-L-I-N-A dot jsmith. I'm also a YouTuber. My YouTube channel is mostly about sex education and how to help couples and people just have a better sex life in their own time. And my YouTube name is Very Sex Mother, but mother is spelled like mother, M-U-T-H-A. And I also have a My OnlyFans account. And on my, my OnlyFans account, it's a more in-detailed description of sex therapy and sex education, but just with the things that I can't put on YouTube. And my OnlyFans account is Fairy Chronicles. That's awesome. I'll put that in the description below so people can come actually support you on all those platforms and see the different sides of you. So it's like, cool, Selena does this, this. So what doesn't Selena do? Basically nothing. Selena does everything, right? No, I can't bake. I'm still trying to learn how to bake. <laughs> Don't worry. I can, I can barely maintain the house. In other words, like if I start baking, it'll burn down the house. All the doors, all the windows have to be open. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just order in. That'll probably be easier for everybody. But today it's not about my <laughs> horrible, horrible baking habits. Today is about your beautiful, beautiful music. And today we're going to be talking about violence and being a violinist. So... How did you actually get introduced to playing the violin? Um, I was in the mm, I was in the fifth grade, and my elementary school had wanted to start an orchestra. I don't know what convinced them to do so, but they were just like anybody who's interested in playing an instrument, um, come to the front office. And I knew I wanted to play an instrument, but I couldn't figure out which one would fit for me. My mom is a pianist and my dad played trumpet and everybody in my family that was like older than me and like in their wiser age, age, they play an instrument. So I was like, okay, if everyone in my family plays an instrument, I should play one too. It would only be right. The piano, two hand, I can't do it. I couldn't stand it. Having to do one thing with one hand and another with another hand, it was too much. So I just went to the front office and they had this violin just sitting on the table and I was like, I won't play that instrument. And it just so happened that my aunt and half of my family on my mom and my dad's side all played the violin or they played the viola or the cello. 
and they had a violin in the attic at my grandparents' house. So me and my mom had got my violin tuned and from there, just from the fifth grade all the way until forever, I've just been playing the violin. That is so cool being part of a family that every single person in your family plays a different instrument. That's like, that's an, that's an orchestra right there. Did you guys ever jam together? We did in my church, but it was kind of hard because the church that I went to, it was only me, my mom and my dad. And the church that my entire family goes to is on a different side of Atlanta. So whenever we did try to link up together and stuff, we would play together. But majority of the time I was either like a soloist or I was playing with my mother because she plays the piano. And do you have like similar taste in music as your mother or your father or any other members of the family? Or it's like you made it your own. This is the style of music you like to play. No, I do not have similar taste. <laughs> Personally, playing wise, I'd rather play trap music or classical music only because I like the fact that people underestimate the violin. Me and my family don't have the same taste in music. 100%. I think when it comes to classical music, we have friendly debates because classical, technically the term classical music is only in one period. There are different genres of quote unquote classical music that breaks down into other subcategories. So those are the friendly debates that we have. But as far as rap, R&B, trap music, old school, all that other kind of stuff, we don't see eye to eye. I like, I like how you said friendly debate. And I'm, you know, from any family, any family friendly debate is sometimes it can get out of hand, but I'm sure you guys are well-mannered, like friendly debates, but you know, if it was my family, you know, a little shouting, but then we just get yeah, hugged at the that's, end. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Everyone is yelling like, no, Baroque was better than Mozart. How dare you say that? Like, <laughs> it's just a lot. But that's passion. That's That shows that you all have passion for music. Yeah. Now for you, do you prefer to just uh, replay some existing tunes or do you like creating your own music? I tried making my own song one time and I did that in high school for a contest because at my high school, I was the only person that played a classical instrument like the violin. And once I finished, I got so upset because I realized all the time that I put into making this song perfect or making a song better, I could have spent the same amount of energy and time into like just learning to play someone else's song and making it my own. And making your own song is like, especially with a violin, because you don't know like what key you want it in, what kind of sound you're looking for. Do you want it to be very lethargic and um, smooth? And everything just sounds like a flowing piece, flowing water. Or do you want it to be choppy and rusty and have like the extra oomph to it? And it was just too much. And I realized that creating my own song on the violin is a lot of work. And then trying to pick a title for it, it's just too much. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean when it comes to picking a title for a song. It's the worst. You kind of like get overwhelmed. They're like, you know what? Um, fan uh, window, fan window. Yes, that's the name of the song. What does it mean? I don't know. It's just... and I exactly. <laughs> I don't even remember what I named the song. I just knew it was something that I made up. I think one of my friends helped me named it because I was just like, what do you even call a song like this? Like I had no motivation behind it. It wasn't like a painting that I made the song after or nothing or a poem. It was just, hey, we want to do a contest and whoever creates the best song can win a $200 book scholarship. And me being in high school, a $200 book scholarship going towards my college funds was an amazing thing, an amazing opportunity to have. So I was like, okay, let me just make up a song. 
and not knowing the energy that it took to put into it, it made me more upset. Even though I won the contest and I was excited because it helped towards my college funds, I was still upset at the fact that you know, I just wasted a lot of energy <laughs> making this song. Do you still have that song today? Oh, I would have to go through my email. If I do, I can email it to you because I know the email that I email, that me and you communicate through. I've had that email for a very, very long time. So it's a strong possibility that I might have it. But it's a slight chance that I don't. It's one of those things like you don't want to go back and look at it. It's like, you know what? I'm done with this. I want to move on and just try to get better in an, another aspect another area exactly and then i don't know how i don't remember the song or how it sounded or nothing so i know if i hear it now i'm gonna be like that sounds disgusting <laughs> you, like i do the same thing when i create music i'm like what was i thinking did i really do that okay past me had some weird thoughts sure why not <laughs> exactly exactly that's exactly how it is and uh, for you when it comes to actually playing music or doing the violin do you prefer reading music sheets or do you prefer doing it by ear i like both sometimes i write my own sheet music because well it just depends what song i'm playing if it's a, a classical piece i definitely respect classical artists by playing exactly what they wrote because with a classical piece, it's always, well, let me say every song tells a story and every song means something. But in the time frame of classical music or the era where everything was European based style music with the Baroque period, Romantic period and the Renaissance, all that kind of stuff. These artists, at, these composers at that took the time and recreated either their life story in one sonata or one piece of music, or they challenged their artistry with a painting or a poem. It was always something that gave them a reference to their songs. So I always show respect to them by playing their songs exactly how they wrote it. But when it comes to um, rap or hip hop, R&B or um, gospel music, they, a lot of artists nowadays, usually however it's performed on a track, you're not going to see the exact same performance live. They will do something different. They'll have extra notes or they'll have a different instrumentation going on. So I kind of with um, new age music, I'm more so just freestyle or I play it by ear or like have little notes written down just to help myself understand what key I'm in. But for classical music and the older type music, I definitely pay respects and play exactly what they put on the paper. All right. So now this is like a two part question or just a one part question with two answers. What is your go to classical song to play over? And what is your go to modern day song to play over? Themes from the Moldau. I forgot oh, who wrote that. Oh, I have to find that. <laughs> Themes from the that is my favorite classical piece ever. Um, I think that one's my favorite because it's just beautiful. You can play it at a wedding. Not trying to sound crazy, but you could play it at a funeral. You can you can play it anywhere. It's just a beautiful song and it's just amazing. And it's it changes so many times. You'll go from being in um, six, eight counting and you'll end up going to three, four and then you go to twelve, nine. It's just amazing. Like it shows the true technique of a violinist. A lot of songs do. But in that song in particular, it just speaks to me. And that was my first classical piece that I played when I got into the advanced portion of the orchestra that I was in in Atlanta. And so that's just a special thing to me. And my favorite trap song to play is definitely Lollipop by Lil Wayne. 
only because that was the first trap song that I played when I realized that I didn't want to be a classically, I wanted to be a classically trained violinist, but if I ever played my violin on the serious tip, I didn't want to be known to play classical music. I wanted to play whatever I wanted to play. And in order for me to prove that, I had to show that I could be versatile. And I played every other genre but trap music or but hip hop. And then Lil Wayne had came out with the Carter Three, and Lollipop was not only like everyone's favorite song, but that was like his number one hit song from the album. So I thought if I could recreate that song, then it'll like make me stand out from a lot of people. And I played it for my middle school and my high school. And they were like, yeah, it's lit. (laughs) (laughs) But back then, lit didn't exist. It was another word. It was. Yeah, it's turned. It's turned. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? When you said lollipop, it started playing in my own head. I'm like, oh, yeah, now I remember that tune. But now I just have Mm -hmm. to picture how that sounds with your violin. Do you have that uploaded anywhere? I don't, but I can easily make a video and definitely send it to you. I can definitely send you a clip. That's like easy. That's secondhand nature for me to play that song. Speaking about secondhand nature, you know how you know how you're saying like your favorite song? I can just picture you while you, when you're not playing the violin, but you're brushing your teeth, you're just brushing your teeth to the rhythm of that song. Like, yes <laughs> do you do that how did you know <laughs> i know things <laughs> you see you're on it you knew you knew exactly what it was yeah yeah selena and i have been friends for for a very long time we brush our teeth together since we were kids yeah <laughs> right this is bestie bestie alex on the track yeah yeah so uh for you what would you say is the best part about playing the violin on a personal and an emotional level on a personal level i like playing the violin when i'm mad because I'm a very like energetic person. And so me being angry and having the energy that I have is not a good mix sometimes. And the violin is so peaceful and fragile and you have to take care of the instrument because it's, I mean, it's made of wood and one bad drop can completely destroy the instrument. And my violin in particular was not cheap at all. It's in a, it's a sapphire blue electric violin Yamaha um, second, third, something like that edition. And it cost me $2,000. So I have to really take my time and take care of her and play her properly. So whenever I just feel, um, too many emotions balled up in my life, I just sit down and play my violin and it lets me like relieve some of the things that I've had inside of me on a professional level. I personally don't play my violin professionally because it's more so of a thing for me for my own meditation. And I realized when I got older, especially getting a degree in music in college, that in order for you to be very successful when it comes to being a musician, you have to practice every day just the same as long as you fart and eat. I personally don't have the energy and I don't want to pick up my instrument every single day and play it every day and do whatever I need to do with it every single day, because then it becomes to a point where it's not fun for me anymore. It becomes a job. And my whole reason for playing the violin was to have my own outlet that was separate, separated from other people instead of looking to like boxing, tennis, running, whatever the case may be, athletic type sports or like an instrument that's just loud and can wake the whole neighborhood up. I wanted something that was very like, enclosed and personal in a, in a box like how I would want to be. And it's like your own time. You could do it whenever you want and just escape from reality in a sense. Yes. 
it's like a high that I would get from playing my instrument without having to actually pick up a joint. Mm-hmm. No, I completely understand where you come from because I was the same thing when I create music after a long day. I just want to fiddle around. I don't actually have to create anything. It's just to have it in your hands and just to play around and just let the melody take you away. Now, I completely understand. Right. And you were mentioning two things I've noticed. You said her. So on that note, do you name your violins? Yeah, my first violin was named um, Celia after my aunt because that was her originally, her violin. And she had passed away when I was like three. And so when my family had gave me that violin, I decided to name it uh, her and I named her Celia. The violin that I have now, the blue one, her name is Sapphire. And that's only because when I bought her, I made sure that I got a violin that was like something personal to me. And my birthstone is sapphire because I was born in September and my violin is the exact same color as a sapphire stone. So I was like, oh, she's definitely a girl and her name is Sapphire. Hey, shout out to Sapphire for just, you know, bring your hobby to life. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to her. And I'm sure she's a big inspiration, but do you have any other inspiration when it comes to playing the violin? Let's say any other violinist. My two favorite violinists are actually um, two males. One of them is named Ken Ford. He's a jazz violinist. I forgot the other word that he goes by as well or that he is classified as. But he's a jazz violinist and he's I like his sound. He makes the violin sound. Oh, it's like I don't know how to explain. It's like (laughs) when you're walking on a beach or when you're walking in the grass and the grass is like completely green and it's beautiful outside and you see the flowers coming from the ground and it's like the per- like the perfect engagement picture scenery that's how he plays the violin and it's so beautiful and peaceful and nice and you can tell that he actually puts a lot of effort into how he plays because you can hear the dynamics in him playing you can tell that he's Well, of course, there's a lot of things that people can and cannot tell. But if you're musically inclined, you can tell that he's double stroking the violin where he's playing two strings at one time. You can hear his pizzicato is very articulated Uh, whenever he arpeggiates his notes. It doesn't sound too choppy. It sounds very smooth and together. Like he's just a great he has great and amazing tone and quality. And I love that about him. And my favorite song that he plays is Moments in Love because um, he just remixed this original song and he does his own freestyle to it. And it's just great. And my other inspiration is his name is um, Ashanti Floyd, but he goes by the mad violinist. He was actually one of the people that helped me realize that a violinist does not always have to play um, jazz, classical or gospel music. There's nothing wrong with us playing contemporary music. And when I found him, I found him on YouTube and he played Skyfall by Adele from when um, the movie came out with James Bond. I think that was the last James James Bond movie that came out. He played it so perfect that it almost sounded like Adele was singing while he was playing the song. Like, I don't know, he just made the violin talk. And it, from there, I've just been a fan of his. I download all of his albums. I've watched all of his YouTube videos. I feel like a groupie at one point <laughs> where every day I had to watch his video in order for me to even feel like I want to pick up my violin. Like, he's that great. So uh, another shout out to those two awesome people. And I'm sure if, uh, you know, if you want to meet Selena, I, I, I wouldn't imagine she would say no. <laughs> right. I'd be like, yes, what time, what day, real quick. 
We're flying out right now. Yeah, stop stop this podcast right now. What, what are we doing talking? If they're meeting up right now, we might as well just, you know, stop this. Exactly. We're trying to fly out there right now, Alex. Let's go. Okay, I'm joining in. I'm invited. Cool, cool. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> I'll be the idiot. I'll be the idiot in the corner just standing like, I know nothing what's going on, but I just love violins. <laughs> you feel me? Just bring the wife and kids too, you know? Let's all have a party. Just smiles. But I'm sure it took them a long time to master their songs. And for you, how long does it usually take you to master a song? It depends on how much energy I really put into it. And it also depends on when I hear the song. If I'm in the car and I'm listening to a song and I'm like, you know what? I recognize this tune and this is an easy key for me to play in because over time, if you play the, if you play an instrument for so long, you acquire perfect pitch or you're able to hear like certain notes and know exactly like, oh, that's an A, that's a B flat, that's an F sharp, that's an E, whatever the case may be. So once I realize what the key the song is in, and if it's a song that has like a simple melody and it's an easy to remember tune, it'll probably take me up to three hours to really master the song, how to play it, and do whatever I want to do on the track. But if it's like a song where I really have to sit down and dedicate to understanding the tone, the quality, um, the notes, what are they saying, how are they saying it? Because whenever I imitate a song, I want to play my instrument the same way they're either rapping or singing. So if you're rapping extremely fast, I need to be, be able to make sure that I'm catching every single note that you are, quote unquote, singing rapping. So that way, when I actually go back and play it, it doesn't sound like I'm just repeatedly playing the same note over and over again, and it sounds dull or it sounds lame or something. So on that note, this might be a hard question to answer, but have you ever done a song with, say, like with Twista or Busta Rhyme or any other rapper, Bone Thug Harmony, where they rap really fast? I tried, <laughs> and it's an epic failure. The most you'll get out of me is like the background. Like I tried playing Twister's song, Celebrity Overnight, and his words. <laughs> At one point, I just caught myself playing like the same note over again. And it sound it didn't sound bad, but there's a difference between something not sounding bad and something not sounding amazing. And I knew that if I would have gotten the notes down, it would have been amazing. But I just couldn't get it because I wasn't quick enough. So you just catch me in the background with the dun 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 I could just imagine if you did one of their songs, the violin would just just go so fast it starts smoking. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what happens. Rosin start rosin dust starts flying in the air, and then you just think like it's some white powder flowing around, and it's just like, no, is the violin going to explode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. these are normal things. It's like the Samsung uh, S7, completely normal. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started playing the violin? sitting up straight. I was, um, posture is really a big thing when it comes to playing an instrument. If you slouch, especially with playing the violin, it's on your shoulder or it's like really in between your, um, your left chest or breast, if you're a female and your shoulder and you have to place it properly. And in order for it to stay there and not fall, and in order for you to move your fingers the way you want to, you really have to sit up straight as if like, you're basically just trying to put a serious arch in your back. Like you can't slouch or sit back against the chair. You always have to sit on the edge of whatever you're sitting on. Um, Your feet shoulder length apart, but one foot always ahead of each other. And it's just like, you have to really have correct posture. And when I first started playing, I was very lazy. I wanted to play the instrument, but I didn't want to sit up straight because I'm like a full figured woman or I'm a thick woman 
in all kinds of places. So it's just like trying to hold myself up and hold up a violin. That's just doing too much. But I realized that my sound was better and I was able to move my fingers a lot more faster when I fixed my posture. Did it help? I don't know if this is a right question, but did it help when you're standing up? Would that help you with your posture or? It does, but standing up is really like only a solo type thing. When I was mostly playing the violin in my younger adolescent years, I was in an orchestra. And so in order to be, well, not in order, but while I was in the orchestra, you have to basically sit down unless you had a solo. And so we'll be in practice for like three hours. And for those three hours, you're sitting down the entire time with your stand in front of you, your music book and a whole bunch of other things around you. And so because I didn't really have an opportunity to stand up at any time, I had no choice but to either correct my posture or sound terrible. And you can't sound terrible in an orchestra because it's very obvious, especially with how the instruments are mic'd and how many mics are around you. It's very obvious when there's that one person who just sounds out of tune or out of place. Speaking about orchestras, do you actually prefer to create your music alone or with company? Alone. Well, right now, currently, me and my two of my SAI sisters, we are working on a trap concert with one of our Five New Alpha brothers, because my sister, my Neo, she plays the violin as well. And she's a classically trained violinist and she's been playing for years as well. And she's also a part of the orchestra in our city. And one of my other sisters, she plays the flute. So we decided to all come together and make a trap orchestra thing going. And so with them, it's a different process, but it's fun because we're all three of us are musically inclined and we're all three music majors. So it kind of works fast for us to figure things out because all we do is just talk about music anyways. But if I had to like sincerely pick which one, I would prefer to do it at home by myself because I mostly do solo work now. Or I do it, I play the violin when I feel like it, not because I'm obligated to play it. No, this might be another tough question. I'm asking these questions because I'm completely random with the questions in the top of my head. But you know how they have drum sets that are like electronic, so it doesn't actually make the full sound? Does it exist for violins? So let's say you have neighbors always complaining that you have like a, a violin that doesn't actually create sound out loud, but you can plug it into earphones? No, they don't. I wish, but they don't. Um, my violin, you can always hear it. <laughs> well... <laughs> You can't always hear it, but you can. It just depends on what I'm playing. But I don't have, well, I don't, it's not that I don't have it. I broke my um, amplifier when I was moving into my apartment. And so my violin, it's just right now, it's just strictly a violin, but it is electric. So I do have the capability of plugging it up into an amplifier. So if a neighbor wants to have a lot of noise, I can gladly give it to them. Once I give the, once I get a new amplifier, but right now they just hear a violin just whispering in their ear. Well, maybe in the future, you know, we're 2020, maybe next year, there's going to be a bunch of them. We never know. The future is pretty complex when it comes to technology. So who knows if maybe the person listening to this podcast, said, you know what? I'm going to make one and I'm going to give one to Selena to be the person who's going to test it out. You wouldn't be opposed to that. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would be so happy just to have my violin strictly in my ear as I'm playing. Because that would also that would actually be a great idea. And watch somebody else try to make a VR version of it. That'd be even weirder. <laughs> you know, but that's actually not a bad idea because you can just hear where you're wrong. The only thing is about that, it has to be a way where you can play the violin and the song that you're trying to play over in your ear at the same time. So that way you can hear what you're messing up on or what parts you're messing up at. 
but that's actually pretty dope. I feel like we're just brainstorming ideas right now. It's not even about the podcast anymore. We're trying to think about the future for violins, uh, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Right. Make some good money. <laughs> and uh, for you, what is your current biggest challenge? My current biggest challenge. I'm trying to learn to play Pussy Fairy by Janae Aiko. And it's a lot of string jumping. The violin has four strings and the strings are G, D, A, E. And that's the order of them from lowest to highest. And with her song, I would have to jump from my E string all the way to my D string and then go to the A string and then jump to the G string. It's just a lot of like finger movement that I'm not used to anymore because like I said, I don't play the violin every day like I used to. And so in order for me to really accomplish that song, I would have to like start back playing every day or practicing my scales and my arpeggios and stuff just to get my fingers warmed up to move where it needs to. So that's the biggest challenge right now. And to add on to that, is there one song throughout your whole life playing violin that you've always wanted to complete and do, but you just couldn't? But it's just like been that one thing you really want to accomplish. Um, is there that one song? It used to be Lollipop Remix, like the Kanye West um, and Lil Wayne version. And it was hard to get... It Honestly, that song took me the longest to accomplish because... Kanye West part, I didn't know if I wanted to play it an octave higher than how he raps slash sings it. But if I play it an octave higher, I have to do, again, a lot of string jumping. But when you play it an octave low, or when I play it in the key or in the tone that he's actually singing the song in, I need to articulate my notes more because you can barely hear it for real, for real. And it sounds like either I'm too flat on this part or I'm too sharp on another part. And so that song really did take me a very, very long time to master, especially with how he'll start talking and singing, then go back to talking and then sing again and stuff. I had to really take my time to slow it down and get every single thing that he said into a note. Hey, at least you got it. That's the perseverance of you. You just like, you know what? This is the challenge. I'm going to do it. I love that. And now for a very tough question. This is the hardest question on every single episode, but actually the most important one. What are some misconceptions about people who play the violin? Um, I think one misconception that I've gotten over the years is that violins are always associated with classical music and we really don't sound good playing anything else. But until you hear a violinist play any other genre, you would think that it's only classical music because whenever you think of an orchestra, you always think of, oh, they're going to play Mozart's music or you hear Christmas music or you even sometimes you barely hear jazz music with it. But the violin is just as versatile as any other instrument. And to be honest, the violin has just as much range as any other instrument. On some violins, they come with five strings. You can even get one that has six strings to it. And that in itself just speaks a lot of volume. And so people should just not assume that violins are just made to do one genre of music. Violinist and the violin is capable to handle any style. Like I I learned to play, um, what's that song? By Slipknot, Psychosocial, by Slipknot on the violin. And I mean, that's heavy metal, hard rock, where also I can go back and I can play Gloria in D or I can play Allegro in G or I can go back and play Miley Cyrus' Wrecking Ball. Or I can also go back and play You Brought the Sunshine by the Clark Sisters. So you can have that range while playing the violin and not just stick to one segment of music. 
And also people think a lot of violinists are dorks and weird and weird. We're actually pretty cool people because we have perfect bitch. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm, I've always been envious of people who play the violin because when I create my music, I, my wife always tells me, Alex, you're putting violins again in it. I'm like, yeah, it's my favorite instrument. I always have to add it in. It's there's something beautiful about it. It just speaks to me. Yeah, it speaks a lot of volumes. What has the violin taught you in life? To be very patient and peaceful. I used to be a very antsy person or I used to always want to be on go or even me as a person. I'm very energetic. I'm very lifelike and I'm sometimes somewhat impatient when it comes to certain things. But my violin has taught me that I, it doesn't it's not wrong to slow down and it's not wrong to take your time to do what you need to do in order for you to accomplish the main goal. As long as you get to the finish line, it doesn't matter how you get there. You just want to make sure you get there. I just need to start off the race. That's that's my first step. Yeah. And then after that, it's smooth sailing. It doesn't matter if it takes me a year, two years, a thousand years. I don't know if I'll be still alive in a thousand years. You don't know with technology nowadays. <laughs> but you're right. You know, they might put my brain in something and there's a whole new Selena out there. Just robot Selena. That plays a violin in VR. <laughs> exactly. See, we're, we're, we're connected. We understand each other. Yeah. Did playing the violin ever stress you out? And if so, what do you tend to do to relax? Let's say there's some notes you couldn't reach. Do you just like put it away or do you keep working at it? Do you do something else? What's your go-to de-stressor? My violin has never stressed me out, but it will stress me out when people tell me to play it too much. Like if my mother, if I come home and my mom says, can you play your violin at the church? I don't mind doing that because this is the church that I grew up in and I want to show respect to the people that supported me throughout all my years. And so that's no problem. But then after I play it that one time, that doesn't mean I'm going to play for my church, my family, my friends, my brother, my sister, my cousin. No, that just means this one time <laughs> playing too, too many times is going to be like, OK, I didn't prepare for this. I prepare if I'm playing for somebody else or for an event, I prepare exactly for what I was told to play for. Now, I do have songs where it's like if something pops up sporadic and someone says, I need you to play this song right now or blah, 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 blah. Okay, I can play a song for you, no problem. But if you just randomly say, hey, Selena, play this for me. Hey, can we do this? Hey, can you play that? No, now you're asking for too much. I don't know why, but I just pictured when people ask you, hey, Selena, can you play this? You have like a violin that's folded up in like a hundred folds, like you unfold yeah. it out of your pocket. And she's like, boom, I ready. Wish. <laughs> I wish, but that'd be so hard to tune because that means I have to retune it. And then tuning a violin is very tedious. I think that's the only thing about my violin that would, if I had to take that question back, that's the only thing that irritates me because you have to make sure that the violin is at correct temperature. And if it's too hot, the violin, I forgot which order it's in, but either way it goes, if it's too hot or it's too cold, the violin will swell or it will shrink. And as soon as your violin or your instrument does that, you have to tune it to the position that it's in then. And then on top of that, you have to tune the violin to whatever piano is there or whatever instrument that you have that's already tuned. And so tuning the violin takes a lot of energy because it cannot be too flat or too sharp. It needs to be just right. And you could be in the middle of playing a song and then boom, your violin just boom, pops out of tune and then you have to put it right back in tune. I don't know if this exists, but you probably know already. Is there like an automatic tuner installed onto a violin that would actually like tune it on the go if it ever does get detuned, if that's a word? Well, violins have fine tuners and then we have pegs. 
the pegs are like the big black parts at the top. And that is what is used to like jump the strings to make it tighter or make it looser. So that's how you get the pitch, the relative pitch that you're looking for. Now, a lot of professional, professional violinists, they only tune with their pegs. They don't use fine tuners unless they use it for the E string only because the E string is so sensitive. But me, like I'm an intermediate violinist, even though I've been playing for a long time, I don't play every day. So I'm considered intermediate and stuff. I still have fine tuners on my violin. So even though the pegs will put me somewhere close to the pitch, I have the fine tuners to put it directly at the pitch. Whereas a lot of advanced violinists or contemporary artists, they only tune with their pegs and you just have to like turn your peg hard enough or slightly enough to get the exact pitch that the violin needs to stay in tune. Okay. So it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I'm getting it right, but kind of, so it's all mechanical, like by hand, but is it, does it exist? Like one that's like a robotic, like tuned in into the violin where it's automatically doing it as, uh, as you play along. So it's like right before it gets out of tune, it's like, whoop. <laughs> oh no, everything is mechanical. That's why it's kind of great. Well, not great. If you, anyone who's interested in the violin or violinist, what a lot of us will have is either a piano app on our phone, or even then after you play the violin for so many years, like I said, you acquire perfect pitch because you're going to constantly play the same notes over and over again in different positions that you know exactly what you're looking for. And you know, and then if you're musically inclined, you know when something sounds flat or sounds sharp. You may not be able to sing it yourself because everyone is not able to sing or whatever the case may be, but you can definitely hear when something is like, eh, you're all key, and eh, that's a little, too, mm -mm, that's pitchy. So, but no, everything is mechanical. And But they also have tuners on a phone where if you play a note next to it, the tuner on the phone or on your phone or whatever mechanical tuner people usually have, it will let you know exactly what note you're at. And if you need to make it a little flatter or make it sharper to get to the note that you want to get to. I think there's an app on Google. I think it's called Google Journal, where it's like a scientific app where it tells you the, the number of dBs, the tune, the frequency. It tells you everything in detail, which is pretty cool. It's free. I don't know. It sounds like a sponsor for Google right now. If you know Google, if you want to sponsor this podcast, you know, I wouldn't say no. But uh, hey, turn up, sponsor my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're two fresh buddies. Right. <laughs> And uh, for you, do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality? A little bit of both. I don't want to, I don't hide the fact that I do play the violin. I don't mind showing my talents, but I also do keep it to an understanding that this is something that I do on my own time as a personal thing. This is not something that I want to get paid for. This is not a hobby that I want to turn into a career. If I ever did become like, you know, rich and famous someday and they were like, hey, Selena, I think it would be dope if you played your violin at the Oscars or something and they pay me a big check. I'm not going to turn that down <laughs> because, I mean, it's the Oscars. So you're going to have people just watching me play the violin and they're going to end up going to looking up who I am and see what I do. And they're like, oh, she's a violinist and she's also a sex therapist who's an author. Let me buy her book. You know, stuff like that. I'm never going to turn that away. But just trying to, hey, can you get on my track and play the violin? Hey, can you play the violin here? Can you do the, no, don't ask me to do all that. Well, if you do perform at the Oscars, maybe there's going to be people watching and be like, you know what? I want to give it a try. Some young kids watching this like, cool. Selena is a down to earth person and she plays beautifully. She doesn't do like tra traditional stuff. She like steps out of the bubble. I want to give that a try. Yeah, I definitely would love people who would do that. 
And if they want to like ask me for advice or like tips and anything like that, I'm definitely the kind of person that you can easily reach out to and just be like, Hey, what are your tips on playing this instrument? Or what are like some do's and don'ts with the violin? I'm definitely like that kind of person where I can give inspirational comments or like quotes and stuff. But to ask me to be like either your trainer, your instructor, or to play every single day to appease somebody else's needs. No. Well, if uh, this is kind of like a weird segue to the next question, but it's kind of like fit in perfectly. It's almost as if you knew the questions beforehand. I, I don't know how that happened. Do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in picking up this hobby? Always start. I would always say start out with a student violin. They have student violin, but you also need to make sure you get a violin that fits your body. Just because you see a violin, that doesn't mean that your body will adjust to it. Everyone's violin is shaped. It's supposed to be shaped to your body size and your arm length because I'm kind of long. Well, I'm average height for a female. I'm five, seven. So I'm not too, too long or too, too tall or too, too short. So I have an average size violin, but of course the longer and taller you are or the shorter you are or the skinnier you are or the bigger you are, you need to find an instrument that fits your size. Um, the violin is a very squeaky sounding instrument. So if you are the kind of person that doesn't like high pitched noises or sound that has like high frequency to it, then it might not be an instrument of for you unless you are willing to learn at a nice pace to not make the squeakiness come out. And then also the violin is it is a hard instrument only because over time, when I first got introduced to the violin, I had tape on my instrument to tell me exactly where I put my fingerings at so I can play the correct notes. But now that I am older and I'm more advanced in the instrument, I no longer have the tape on the violin. So I know exactly where to place my fingers. And it does take a lot of muscle memory, but for you to have that muscle memory, you would have to at least practice with like three to five times a week. And it doesn't have to be a long time. It could be like an hour, just playing scales an hour a day or not a whole hour, but you know, just playing your scales every day or playing scales three to five times a day, along with whatever song that you want to practice and play on the violin can make a, a huge difference in a month compared to just picking it up, thinking that you're going to do whatever. And then you sound like the flattest piece of crap. on the <laughs> earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the tortoise and the hare. You just got to take your time because yes. it's not a race. You're not competing against anybody. It's a hobby. Take your time. Selena is absolutely correct. And uh, I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again here. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love people to come check out and show some love? It doesn't have to be necessarily just for violin. It could be absolutely anything at all. Well, again, I'm very active on Twitter. If you're the kind of person that likes active people on Twitter to talk to you and communicate with you and just be your friend or whatever the case may be, I'm the girl for that. I love Twitter. It's one of my favorite social media apps. You can follow me on Twitter at Selena J. It's S-E-L-I-N-A-A-J. Um, Instagram, I use it sporadically, but I am still active on it. And my Instagram is Selena.jsmith. Like I said, I am a YouTuber and I do believe highly in sex education. I feel like sex education is one of the major issues that we have in America. And I want to be one of the people to help bring that back into the school system and also bring awareness to it. And my YouTube channel talks about sex education and it's very sex mother. And the mother is spelled M-U-T-H-A. And also, like I said, I have a My Only Fans account that goes into a more in detail, descriptive information about sex education. My Only Fans account is called Fairy Chronicles. 
That's perfect. That's a wonderful goal. I love the the passion for it to try to teach the world because it's it's out there, right? You can't ignore it and you just got to teach it properly. I'll put all that information in the description below so people can go check that out, show some love, show some support and, you know, learn a thing or two on the way, exactly. right? Exactly. That's all what it's for. It's all educational purposes. For the last question, it's probably the question nobody asked for, but it is important for me, I guess, at least. Do you have any questions for me about playing the violin? Oh, not about playing the violin, but you stated that you make music. What kind of music do you make? Oh, uh, so I went in my high school. Hip hop was a big influence. And uh, so I used to, I made hip hop with classical music and orchestra mm. scores. I love those, like the type of songs that make you feel on top of the world. So I always did try to include violins and ensembles. It was just, I don't know. That's like, that's the style. It's still up on YouTube. Some of them is still pretty cringy, but I can't read music. I can't play the piano, but I do one finger at a time. And like you said, it's, it's a slow and steady. So that's how I make my music. And so I would say classical hip hop uh glitch try dubstep okay scores i tried i try to dabble my feet in a little bit of everything so and also lo-fi so that i made the intro to my own uh, podcast so yeah okay that's so cool that is so it's like a hip-hop thing you got going on like i grew up with it and it just it, i had the sounds in my head and i really wanted to release it so that's what i have i wish i could play the violin like you so i wouldn't say i'm jealous i'm envious if that's the correct term <laughs> hey, it's it's really it's an easy start, but also I would say that it's not cheap. The violin itself is very expensive, and the bow that is used for it is expensive. But once you get a good once you get a good violin and you get a good bow, everything else kind of is like cheap and easier to get because the shoulder rest is like twenty dollars. Each um strings can vary between sixty to one hundred and twenty dollars. It just depends on how fine of strings you get and then um rosin a violin cloth and a violin cleaner it's like ten dollars at most and also you can take some classes online for free youtube has been a wonderful tool for that <laughs> exactly so uh yeah there you have it another body with a hobby thank you so much selena for just coming on and just sharing my passion well it's actually your passion but i just kind of like <laughs> nerd out over it as well because i love the violin and the sound of it and just sharing it with the world no problem. I, thank you for having me. This was fun. If you guys want to learn more about Selena, I'll put all the links in the description below so you can go show her some love, show her some support because she's not only a violinist, she's teaching a bunch of other things as well. And, you know, in this world, learning is knowledge or knowledge is power. Or one of those sayings. It's one of those. Learning is good. Right. <laughs> You learn something new every day. Exactly. Like I'm learning on this podcast. And if you guys would like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, you know, I accept reviews. You can go on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere you can leave a review for podcasts. They're well welcomed. Also, if you want to show some more support to this podcast, I sell merchandise on Redbubble with Time for Your Hobby logo on random things you do not need. Yeah, because, you know, who needs it? No one. But it's there. And also I have a Patreon if you want to show some support for that as well. It's only optional. It's not going to make me continue more or less. It's just there. But uh, yeah, you know what is mandatory? To go follow Selena. Show her some support. Mm -hmm. Yes, make sure you guys follow me. Anyway, so once again, thank you so much for all this wonderful conversation. No problem. I, again, I appreciate you for having me. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. Bye.